Hello? Welcome to a new episode of More Than Just a Number, A Woman's Journey Through Incarceration. I want to give you a shout-out to some of my friends across the Great Pond from the United Kingdom. Thank you, Lorna, Kelly, Agnes, Mike, Troy, Aki, Ashley, both Kirsties, Christy, and Hannah. Thank you for being my sounding board. I appreciate you all, my friends. Today, Amber Pastor is my guest. She's coming to us from Rockville Correctional Facility, where she is currently serving a 130-year sentence for fatally smothering her two children so they could go to heaven with God, instead of living a traumatized life like she was living. She is also she was also given another 65 years for the shooting death of a former neighbor. She has been so traumatized by the events of that day that she has never given an interview where she told her entire story. Today, we hope that Amber will do so. Please welcome Amber to the show. Hello, Amber. Can you tell us your story? Hello. My name is Amber Pastor. I'm going to be 35 years old. I'm currently at Rockville Correctional Facility. And... It's hard for me to talk about it, but I'm going to do it because the world judges me and they don't know the person that I am and what caused me to do what I've done. I've been through a lot of trauma in my life, and my children's father was murdered when I was younger, about 10, 15 years ago. He was cut in half in two pieces, and that really messed with my mental really bad. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah, it did. And, um, well, years later, I started doing spice and synthetic marijuana. Yes. And it messed with my brain really bad, and it caused me to hallucinate. Do you have any questions for me to help me with this? Um, I do. Um, on the day that of when you took your children's life, were you on spice at that time? Yes. Okay. Um, and I think in a previous interview, you had said something that your daughter wanted to go to heaven to be with God. No. I was traumatized from my children's father being murdered, cut in half. Okay, so um, so can you tell us what happened that day? Well, I was I really... I know it's going to be hard. Yeah, it is hard, but I, I really want to do this because the world puts me out to be a monster, and they don't know me, and I have a big heart, and that's not who I am. I was really on spice, and it messed with my head really bad. Yeah, I've heard that spice can turn you, like, into a zombie. Yeah, it does. And it can turn you into a monster, what it did to me. I, I can but I can understand that. Really, the reason that I chose to take my children's life was because, you know, I was traumatized from their father being murdered, and I was getting death threats that some man was going to do that to my daughter. Oh, my. 
do you know do you know who it was that was giving you these death threats? No, I don't remember because it's been so long. It was an Hispanic man from Mexico. Oh, I see. So he's probably somebody from the Mexican cartel. Yes. Okay. That explains a little bit more. So, did you talk with your children before before you smothered them? Honestly, I just told them that I feel so bad for what I have to do, but I feel like me as a mother, I put them in a bad situation, me and their father, and I just felt like me as a mother, I was protecting them from something worse. That was my state of mind at the time. But I live with it every day, and I'm very remorseful, and I wish I could take back every decision I made in my life and made better decisions. Well, you know, I'm praying for you constantly, sweetheart. Um, I think that my listeners might have some questions. Um, one of the questions that I have is the state of mind of your children at the, at this time. I mean, were they scared? Did they trust you? Yeah, they were afraid. Okay. I would I would assume that they would have been. But I think that they were probably trusting of you too. Yes, they were. Because you, because you were their mother. And like I said, nobody knows my story, and nobody knows what they would have done if they were in my shoes. No, there's no excuse, and it's not right what I've done, not at all. But I put them in a bad situation. Okay. So if if you don't mind. It can, this can get kind of gruesome, but I think the listeners will want to know how you went about doing what you did. That I really don't want to talk about. Okay, that's fine, hon. Um, so, think, go ahead. Now, I just thought to pick what would be the easiest way. I didn't want to shoot them with a big gun. Right. And um, I think that you were also given a 65-year extra sentence for shooting a former neighbor. Yes, Frank, my neighbor of the trailer I owned in the uh, mobile home park in Fort Wayne, Indiana. Mm-hmm. Um, um, can you explain that? Was that because of the spice also? Yes, I was hallucinating. Okay, so during your hallucinations, what were you seeing? I was seeing G.I. Joe's. Oh, that's that's kind of weird. That's because I was on um, Spice. I was smoking synthetic marijuana with braid in it, Roach Killer. Oh. It's very dangerous. Yes, I would imagine so. so but Frank... Frank got me the gun, and Frank purchased the bullets for me. He did all this for intercourse. Oh, really? Yes. And did he know what you wanted the gun for? I explained to Frank my lifestyle that I lived with my children's father and told him that I felt like we were in danger. So he got me the gun and the bullets. And then he started turning back 
because I didn't want to have sex with him. So he started changing his mind about the decision. Okay. And that's when you thought that he was G.I. Joe. Yes, and I shot him. Okay. After after you after you shot him, what happened, hon? I put his hand over him in the woods. Oh. Okay. So you so you actually hid hid his body. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Do you know why you did that? I just felt like I had no choice. Honestly. All I kept okay. thinking about was somebody hurting my children at the time. And I used to live in Texas with a man, my son's dad, and I got involved with his best friend. And he was playing like a sweet man, but it turns out he was not so sweet as I thought he was. He started hiding under my bed for three hours, spying on me and climbing in my oh. windows when I didn't want him to spend the night with me. He started becoming very psychotic. And it scared me, so I left him and went back to my children's father. But I'm not a saint either because I was cheating on both men. Okay. And, you know, that happens a lot with people who are addicted to drugs. Yes. And when it gets to the point where where you don't know what you're doing anymore. And it sounds to me as if that's where you were at in your state of mind. Yes. I mean, you were being stalked by this gentleman, and you were trying to get out of that lifestyle. Yes. I was very traumatized. He he shot at me, and, you know, he's the man that got me starting to smoke meth. I have not ever, I also smoked meth. I tried it when I was living in Texas, and it made, I'm bipolar. I'm severe bipolar. I've been bipolar since I was 16, and me being bipolar and smoking meth made my mind, I I lost my mind. I could, I can imagine. Um, My daughter was addicted to methamphetamines, and I know what it did to her. Um, Yes, it takes over your mind. It, I think that it really does, and a lot of people don't see drug addicts as being normal people, but I do. Um, you still have the right to your dignity, and that's the reason I wanted to interview you. I wanted to let you know that there is somebody out here that does care and that I don't judge you for what you've done. That's not my job. And, and I really appreciate that because I just want to say one thing to you. I really, God has really taught me a lesson in life. I lost everybody that I love that means the world to me. And I'm here all alone. I've been down for six years all by myself with nobody and no support system. I was to the point that I didn't even want to live anymore. I tried to kill myself in prison and it didn't work. And for some reason, like right now, I'm fasting. I'm just trying to find forgiveness in my heart because I really lost my mind to be a person that I never thought I would be in a million years. And I just wish one day that the world would know that I'm not that monster that they put me out to be. Well, that's my goal in doing this podcast. Um, I'm interviewing former prisoners and 
current prisoners, like I did my daughter, and I want the world to know your story, that you are a human being, you're not an animal, you're not a monster, and that there were reasons behind what you did. And in your case, I do believe that you had actually lost your mind. Yes, I did lose my mind. And I can't imagine the horror that your children went through, and I can't imagine the horror that you're still going through because of what happened. Yes, I live with that choice every day. And honestly, to be honest with you, I don't deserve to walk. For what I put my children through, no, I don't. There's no excuse because when I had them children, I should have given them children up for an adoption, knowing that the lifestyle their dad lived. But I didn't know it was as deep as it was. Right. Well, you wanted to be a mother. Yes. And and I bet you were a good mother to those children. Yes. People can you know, see the authentic smiles. I dress them very well, you know. And I live with that every day. I do. Every time I look at myself in the mirror, I say, what did I do, you know? What what brought me to this? Well, hun, you need you need to you need to realize that God has already forgiven you. Um, and Stephanie, we gotta call you back because it's emergency count. Here's your daughter. Okay. Uh, your daughter said we'll call you right back. Okay, that's fine. She said we'll call you when they let us out of the room. Okay. Okay, that'll be fine. Okay, thank you, Stephanie. Thank you. Um, bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thank you for using GTA. Yes. I'm going to fill in a few spots here while we wait for Amber to call us back. When you're doing an interview with an inmate who has committed murder, especially against your children, and who is severely traumatized and psychotic, you have to treat them with kid gloves. You can't accuse them of things. You have to build them up because you don't want them to go psycho on you. And that's my purpose of being so nice during this interview. So I hope that you understand when she comes back online if I seem a little overly nice, but I've been told that if you say the wrong thing to her, she can lose lose it and become very violent. So... When she comes online again, just bear with us, and I'll see if I can get her to tell or reveal more of her story and the reasoning behind it. Drugs had a lot to do with it, and especially the spice. Um, spice turns people into zombies. There's stories in, that have been on the national news of people who are so strung out on it that they will chew off somebody's face. And luckily, her children didn't have to suffer that kind of fate. Um, I think she did the most humane thing when she smothered her children instead of biting off their face or shooting them because they may not have died instantly and they would have suffered. Um, I am in no way condoning what she has done. But I do believe that God has forgiven her for what she's done. So I hope that you'll stay tuned in and 
take into consideration the fact that she was on SPICE. Um, if you don't know a lot about SPICE, you can look it up and see, watch some videos on YouTube of people who are on it and how they become. So I'm going to stop for now and I'm going, going to wait for the emergency count to be done and she will call us back and I'll continue the interview. So you will hear when she comes back online and I post this podcast, you'll hear a little cut in between the phone calls. That's the way it works with the prison system. They get 25 minutes of talk time and then they have to call me right back and we start the interview all over again. But we start off where we left off. So just bear with me and continue to listen as Amber tells her story. Thank you and we'll be back shortly. There, Amber? Yes, I'm here. Welcome back, sweetheart. Hi, welcome back. Um, I was just wondering, I was considering something. I don't know if you're, if you want to do this or not, but a, a video visit? Yeah, we could do that too. You would have to add me on um, GTL. Okay, I can do that. So that way it could be on air. Yeah, I would like that. Okay. Okay. Um, can we go ahead and finish this interview? I only have just a couple of questions for you. Yes. And then we can, I'll add you to my GTL and then we will do the video call at another okay. point. Okay. 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 Um, since you received such a long sentence, it's most likely you will live out your life in prison. When that time comes, do you believe that you'll go to heaven and be with your children again. Yes, ma'am. That's wonderful. I believe God knows my heart. He knows that I didn't do that out of hate. I did it out of fear, not out of hate. Yes. I know that you just came back from a Ramadan service. Does that mean you have turned your life over to God completely? I'm doing a fasting. I'm doing 30 days fasting where you don't drink or eat all day. I'm doing fasting for forgiveness. Well, that's that's really good. But yes, I'm turning my life over to God. I found uh, my inner peace. I'm working on that. I'm really glad to hear that, sweetheart. Thank now you. I have one last question. How did you how did you come to know God? I know that sometimes people go their whole life not believing there is a God, but when the time comes, the first thing they do is call out for God. Honestly, in my darkest moments, that man hasn't ever forsaken me. And I've always asked him, I said, why did you let me live? And he, he has a purpose for my life, ma'am. I yes. do a lot of poetry. Um, I'm on a, I'm, I actually been starting a book, but I don't want to get on that right now. Um, oh, that's okay. I'm just, God, he hasn't ever forsaken me. No matter, I don't have my family. I don't have no family support. I don't have nobody here for me. But that man's always been here for me since day one. Well, you have you have me now. I'm Thank here you. for you. Thank you, ma'am. Um, if if you need to talk, um, Charlie, once I add you, you'll have my number, so okay. you'll be able to call me anytime that you want. Um, if you need some money on your books to be able to call me, just just let Charlie know, and she can tell me, and I can That's make fine. sure that we put some on there so that you can call me. That's fine. But know that I'm always here for you. 
I really, I really highly appreciate that. And, you know, I just think that this whole justice system in this world is just corrupt. And I wish and things I, were different. I agree with you. And that's the reason behind my podcast. I'm hoping that when I have enough stories like yours and like my daughter's, that I'm I'm going to compile them into a book, and it's called When the Bar Slammed Home. And if, with your permission, I'd like to add your story to that book. Yes, I would. I would gladly. I would gladly love for you to do that. Well, that's and great. There's a lot of things that we could do together. Yes, there is. And I know that when Sholly comes home, she's going to be involved in this with me. And she's so intelligent that she'll know exactly what we need to do and how to pull it all together. Yeah, she's and very smart and beautiful. Thank you. I appreciate that. You're so before we end the call, is there anything that you'd like to say to our listeners about your situation? Any words of wisdom that you've gained after the occurrence? I would just like the whole world to know if they're listening say no to drugs because drugs destroy families and they turn you into a person you could never imagine you'd ever be in life. It took a hold of my mind and soul. I'm not that person that they make me out to be and I wish, you know, some people would take the time just to get to know me for who I am and, and really know the true meaning, the, the true story of what really happened, not what the media falsely puts out to be. Yes, and they do tend to do that. I don't trust the media any further than I can throw them. And, you know, I listened to a few of the um, interviews or read some of the articles about your situation, and I didn't let them cloud my judgment. Yes. I, want, I wanted to hear what you had to say because I knew that there's no reason for you to lie. I mean, you're locked up. You're not going to get out. It doesn't appear to, that way anyway. No, I'm, I'm speaking from my heart. Yes. So I knew that you would have a different story to tell than what the media had portrayed you to be. Yes. So, again, well, I... You know, there's no excuse for my actions, but I was high on synthetic marijuana, and it turned me into be a person that I never intended to be, ma'am. And, you know, that I think that's the major point of getting incarceration. Um, you do have to face what you've done. Yes, I can't imagine what you're going through, but I do have sympathy and compassion for you. And I want you to remember that, like I said, that I'm always here for you. If you want to call, just pick up the phone and call. Any time of the day or night, I'm up usually until 4 a.m., I know that you can't call at that time, but like I said, any time that you feel like you need somebody just to listen, I'm here for you. Well, do you have my DOC number to add me on the um, GTL? No, I do not. If you want to give that to Sholly, um, she can give it to me. That way we don't record it. I don't want other people to have your DOC number. That's fine. That's fine. Okay. So you give okay. her your DOC, and I'll add you to my GTL. Okay, and I have a lot to share with you, okay? Okay, that's wonderful. Okay, um, Stephanie. Well, thank you so much for appearing on More Than Just a Number, A Woman's Journey Through Incarceration. You're welcome. Thank you. you have and a good night. You have a blessed night, hon. Uh-huh. Bye-bye.
Bye-bye. Thank you for using GTL.